0: I come from Salem City with my washbowl on my knee. I'm going to California, the cold was for to see. rained all night, the day I left, the weather it was dry. The sun so hot I froze to death, oh brothers don't you cry.
1: Hello, I'm Sabrina Olivares, And I'm Ann Monk. We're park guides at San Francisco Maritime National Historical Park and co-hosts of the podcast, Better Lives, Bitter Lies. Today,
2: we're bringing you a special episode on a topic that might catch the ear of anyone interested
1: in musical maritime history. The topic is sea shanties, which you might have heard about recently through the app TikTok, or the internet and social media in general.
2: Or through movies or video games, or because you're a music
1: as well as maritime aficionado or because you've had the great luck to attend a park program led by our interviewee today, Peter Kaysen. Peter Kaysen
2: was an interpretive ranger at the park for 28 years. Through words both sung and spoken, Peter has helped share the stories of Pacific Maritime music and labor history. He retired in October 2020, but you wouldn't know it. He still devotes much time to volunteering as our music program's
1: coordinator. And that's also the role he had as a ranger, organizing the park's monthly shanty sing, as well as performances for the annual Festival of the Sea and the evening Sea Music Concert Series. We'll actually learn a little more about Peter's career path and relationship with the Maritime Park during our interview.
2: Shall we listen to it now?
1: Sure. Let's
3: go. As we all know, shanties have become viral recently, but... San Francisco Maritime has had a long standing shanty program. Thanks a lot to you, Peter. So Certainly, we yeah. think you're the perfect person to, to tell us briefly about the history of shanty songs.
4: Well sure. Shanties as we know them as they've come down to us. Um really took off in the nineteenth century during the golden age of sale. I say the gold age of sail and the gold age of shanties was roughly from the 1840s to the 1860s. However, shanties have probably been sung as long as there's been people on boats and ships. The, the oldest records uh, that are known of go back to about 1400, where in some writings, in England, for example, there's a few references to these chants that sailors are doing but there's no written music associated with them. They're only little fragments of verses. Chanties as we know them with lots of verses and melodies were really from the golden age of sale and that were collected by um, sailors and authors. In the 1930s and 1940s, the Library of Congress recorded chantymen who were by that time old, old men. But were we able to get down onto recordings um, a number of sea shanties. So there are a number of sources of how we know about these songs. And uh, collectors have taken down melodies, you know, they've written down notes to them after hearing some of these people sing them. But I also want to mention that there's a wider world of shanties than only the massive sailing ships going around Cape Horn. Uh, shanties, Defined as maritime work songs to set rhythm. We find them in rowing songs from uh, African countries, uh, We find rowing songs from Scotland. Uh, we find them in net hauling songs from Hokkaido, Japan, and net hauling on the Carolina coasts here in the U.S. from African-American men who are uh, working with menhaden fish and singing chants as they hauled on nets. So there are many different uses for these shanties, uh, not just on the big sailing ships.
5: Sure. Thank you. And the um, beauty and the utility of the shanty is that together, if you're singing the same song, you're likely to be able to work at the same rhythm.
4: Right. It would set the rhythm and also lift your spirit. Could count out numbers. You could go one, two, three, haul, one, two, three, haul, but mm-hmm. that one, it would set rhythm, but it really wouldn't do anything to make your job seem to go a little easier or interesting. So uh, these shanties, they would lift sailors' spirits, or at least try to during these really hard and dangerous jobs they do. And that's something I, sh- I should mention about what distinguishes a shanty. It's not only a work song, but the style that is done in this call and response, where you have a leader, in this case the Mm -hmm. shanty man, who calls out verses, and then the crew follows back to him with a chorus, and the chorus is the same over and over again, and the verses change. And you find that style on land-based work songs as well.
5: Okay. And um, how do shanties differ from other call and response type songs?
4: They're very similar. Um, there's a lot of interchange uh, that goes on uh, between shanties used aboard ships and work songs used on land. And as a matter of fact, there's um, interesting connections between railroad workers and uh, shantymen, where sometimes people would get jobs aboard ships and they would bring songs they knew from the railway on the ships and vice versa. And also, sometimes land-based songs that were not even about working on ships were adapted. For example, you take popular songs of the time in the 19th century, such as songs written by Stephen Foster. And those songs were brought aboard sailing ships, and the words were changed. Melody was pretty much the same, but they would adapt these songs for shipboard use. Uh, I'll give you an example of one, if you'd like. Sure. Here's one. It was a uh, caps and shanty used for raising anchor. And uh, mm-hmm. it's called Oh, California. And the melody is from Oh, Susanna. Mm-hmm. I come from Salem City with my washbowl on my knee. I'm going to California, the gold dust for the sea. It rained all night today. I left the weather. It was dry. The sun's so hot I froze to death, oh brothers, don't you cry Oh California, that's the land for me. I'm bound for San Francisco with my wash bowl on my knee. So that's just one verse and chorus from that song, but there's several verses to that. But just a good example of taking a popular song ashore and adapting it to a use as a shanty.
3: I'm glad you brought that up about popular songs being adapted to shanties because one thing that popped into my head was how did sailors learn these work songs? I mean, I'm tempted to say now if you were being oriented to a new job, we'd all sit in the room and get taught the company song. Yeah. And- your company song, but mm-hmm. I don't think that happened then. So how did they just keep learning these songs? Mm-hmm. Especially when
5: they potentially may not have shared the same language. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's an interesting question because these 19th century crews were often uh, international crews. Mm-hmm. For instance, you'll hear uh, shanties used by French sailors or German sailors, and they would you know, often sing in their, their own languages, but then all of a sudden you'd start hearing English words. Uh, so they would adapt these shanties that might have started here in the U.S. or in the uh, United Kingdom. United States and Great Britain were mm-hmm. two of the major places where these shanties were um, begun, you know, and sung. And then you had uh, a whole number of French shanties, for example, and then within English-language shanties, you had often influences um, that were both, uh, at the same time, Irish influences and African-American influences. There were a whole number of shanties in the 1840s that had both influences, because you have um, African-Americans working aboard ships, and Irishmen working aboard ships, and one watches below and they could hear the songs, the Irish. Uh, Men would hear the songs sung by black men and vice versa. And so you'd get these interesting combinations of these musical traditions. Uh, And then in the West Indies, uh, in the Caribbean islands, where a lot of British ships came in there, uh, the native um, islanders would pick up shanties too. And they would sort of make up their own renditions of shanties that originated in uh, the countries where the ships came from.
3: Mm
4: -hmm. and uh, it's an interesting phenomenon how you had groups on land where there was a lot of racism going on and competition for jobs and, and, you know, just racism, and yet, musically, things just mixed together. I mean, it's too bad it didn't, things didn't go so swimmingly well, you know, socially and economically and politically as they did musically. (laughs) So it's an interesting phenomenon about the music, how that all sort of came together in the
5: songs. Sure. I wonder if you could continue to say that about modern music, too. Mm -hmm. But uh, in in thinking about how much blending and melding and and influencing there is in shanty music, could you tell us a little bit about how West Coast shanties are unique?
4: Yeah, you know... um, you found on the West Coast shanties about the West Coast shanties about California, about emigrating to California or the Gold Rush, um, but they were sung not just in California, but these came shanties that were also uh, sung in you know in Great Britain uh, among sailors there as well as American sailors. So another way that these shanties kind of mixed together. But yeah, there's some really interesting ones about California and about San Francisco. Um, Shanties, for example, about Shanghai sailors. Now, Shanghai is a term that originated in San Francisco when clipper ships were going from San Francisco to Shanghai, China, in the tea trade. It's a very long journey. You might have to wait a long time in China to get a, a ship that would take you back to uh, San Francisco. And so it was hard to get enough crew to go willingly. And so they would kidnap sailors. And that's how that form of kidnapping became known of Shanghai, because they said you were shipped to Shanghai, and then that got shortened down to Shanghai. And for example, the hauling shanty, Whiskey Johnny, that's all about Shanghai sailors and warning sailors about the uh, crimps who ran the boarding houses and saloons in San Francisco. If you ever go to Frisco Town, Whiskey, Johnny, might steer clear of Shanghai Brown. Whiskey for me, Johnny. He'll dope your whiskey nights nice and morn. Whiskey, Johnny, and then Shanghai you round Cape Horn. Whiskey for me, Johnny. And that goes on and on with verses about sailors being drugged and Shanghai aboard sailing ships. Shanghai is a real theme when you have shanties about San Francisco.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And the gold rush is also a
5: theme. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm wishing we'd maybe had this conversation earlier. You <laughs> could have soundtracked our, our other podcast. <laughs> episodes. Um, mm-hmm. Can you tell us on a personal note what drew you to shanty music?
4: Yeah, well, you know, I, I grew up on music. I mean, I think my mother got me my first records when I was about three years old, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> of folk music. And then, you know, as I got older, I got interested in rock music and uh, blues and jazz and such, but always had a, you know, taste for folk music. But what really got me into a deeper dive into shanties was when I went to my first shanty sing at Hyde Street Pier as a visitor in uh, November of 1989 some friends who I knew from the Irish music scene cuz I I play fiddle music they called me up one night and said hey we're going to a shanty sing in San Francisco you want to come i said okay i've never been to one but i'm game and this was aboard the Balcutta. and i went there, there were about 70 75 people there all singing along and i saw a park ranger with guitar up front i just said oh my god what a what a great job i i want to do this <laughs> So uh, I was just taken by the whole event, and it was like an epiphany for me. So I went up to the ranger and introduced myself and said, I'm really interested in getting involved with the park and in the shanty programs. Her name was Celeste Bernardo. Uh, mm-hmm. She had recently taken over the uh, music programs from uh, Ranger Dave Nettle, who founded the shanty Sing back in uh, 1981. And uh, so Celeste and I became good friends, and we're still very good friends, and uh, she really mentored me. And I started volunteering at the park in 1990. I volunteered for two years, and then uh, I got hired as a ranger in 1992. When I started as a ranger, um, Celeste had always left. Revel Carr was the ranger uh, who was running the music programs here at High Street Pier at the time. He had a lot of experience at Mystic Seaport. Museum. And Revel really mentored me in how shanties were used aboard ships. He taught me a lot about sail handling and how to use the capstan and pumps. taught me to climb a lot in the rigging and such. From there, you know, I, I kept up going to shanty things and learning more about shanties and learning more about maritime history. I would credit my work at the park, both as a volunteer and then later as a ranger because my real education in uh, shanties, you know. Uh, I think mm-hmm. it's lifetime education, you know, discovering more about them, discovering more old songs to learn, discovering new songs to learn and such.
3: Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. I I love that story, Peter. Thanks for sharing. And I <laughs> love it for like two things, uh-huh. especially. It made me think if you got into this whole profession because you happened to attend a shanty thing mm-hmm. um, when you were younger and then yeah. you spearheaded an entire program eventually. Mm -hmm. And I think it also, like, suggests that almost anything can be your hook into maritime history, and in your case, it was really the music. Mm -hmm.
4: Right. That's right. People come to our park from so many different angles, so many different routes. And that's right. It was the music that was my entry into maritime history. It's Mm -hmm. so rich, so deep, and there's so much to it.
5: Well, and, and speaking about how um, the shanties that were about California and the gold rush were sung on ships all over the world, it's a good reminder that the water has very few boundaries. Good point. And things that are worth passing along and can survive a trip around <laughs> the horn yeah. and can go anywhere. Yes. And speaking of things showing up in unexpected places, yeah shanties are certainly experiencing a surge in popularity now
3: um, mm-hmm. thanks to gaps like TikTok. Yeah, yeah. Um Did you ever imagine that happening ever? Yeah. They would suddenly <laughs> I, be I, home? I, I never
4: imagined that happening. If anything, the song, uh, the Wellerman, is actually not a shanty, but it's a, you know, a composed song, a four And, you know, often people will make, I think understandably, make the mistake of just calling every sea song a shanty. But it's an amazing thing that happens uh, with that. You know, young people are real are real drivers of, I think, music these days. So in that sense, it's not surprising. But in another sense, it's very surprising how, for some reason, this particular guy doing this particular song at this particular time, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. it's just taken off like a jet. I'm absolutely flabbergasted. I'm amazed. I'm pleased.
3: Good. Good. Yeah.
5: <laughs> Um, to backtrack a little bit, could you explain to us the difference between shanties and sea songs?
4: Sure. Shanties were strictly work songs, mm-hmm. and then you had other types of sea songs that were used for fun. Uh, there were songs that came known as forbidders, and those were ones that sailors would sing during their leisure time at dog watch. And they're called forbidders because You you go to Balfourtha, and right outside the Folko, those four iron um, Mm. bits that that were tying docking lines. But sailors used them as stools, and they could sit there and sing Mm. songs and tell tall stories for fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was considered bad luck to sing a shanty when you weren't working. Um, You Mm. know, because it was just a work song and. Who knows if one of the mates heard you singing a shanty for fun, they might say, hey, if you're good enough to sing it while sitting down, you're good enough to get up and do some work. So <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't want to do that. There were, sales were a superstitious lot. So, mm-hmm. um, but they weren't really thinking of shanties as an art form uh, of something to sing for fun uh, as we do today. They only thought of it as a tool to help them work. So you have those, You have the shanties, then you have the four that were done for fun. Sometimes uh, those songs are known as shore songs because you might sing them ashore, you might sing them in a pub. And then you have um, a modern tradition of sea songs, too. There are a lot of just beautiful songs out there about the sea and about the rivers and such. And you have people composing new shanties. They they take the style, that call-and-response style of shanties, and they compose new songs around that.
5: As a, a seasoned shanty man yourself, do you have any advice for those just diving into shanty singing or sea song singing?
4: Yeah. If anyone had asked me for advice, you know, I'm interested in music, what Mm -hmm. should I do? I would advise first familiarize um, themselves with shanties through some of the uh, great collections like Stan Hugel, Shanties from the Seven Seas. His opening chapter called The Art of the Shanty Man is really the best description and history of it, uh, you know, written in the English language. Um, and his book has hundreds, several hundred shanties with both words and musics. And from there, you know, people can go online. They could see uh, YouTube videos of shanty performances by great singers. Go out to the concerts. Go out to sessions. Go online. These days there are a lot of Zoom sessions, and I'd say hunt those out. I mean, we have our own, but... The Mystic Seaport Museum has one. The South Street Seaport Museum in New York City has a regular monthly or virtual Zoom shanty sing, And then from there, one can just follow their own path, follow their musical heart and their musical path to wherever it takes them. I just think it's always good to have first a basic knowledge of it and then just make the music your own. Someone might want to just continue on with traditional music or someone might want to take it and compose their own music, do their own versions, bring in instrumentation into it. I wouldn't want to have people feel that they must be bound by certain rules or they must be bound by tradition. But it's always good to know tradition. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
3: Well, Peter,
5: you've sung for us a couple already and it's been such a joy. Do you have any favorite shanties, or ones you think everyone should know?
4: I I do have some favorites. I have so many, and then the favorites change. You know, it's like when you see a movie. I love that movie. And then you see a another movie, and you go, "Oh, wow, that's my current favorite." You know, it's the same with songs. Um, I heard this song by the Georgia Sea Island Singers. They're a, oh. a really uh, legendary group, and they came to our festival back in 2003 and sang. This is one called the Old Tar River. And it's a a hauling shanty. Oh, in the Old Tar River. Oh, Lord, hey, you're talking about the Old Tar River. Oh, talking about the river. The Old Tar River gonna run tomorrow.
0: Oh, ee, old tar river gonna run tomorrow.
4: Oh, oh, talking about the river. I got a letter from Major Bailey. Oh, ee, I'm walking by the old river. Oh, oh, talking about the river. Walk along, hop along to the old tar river. Oh, ee, by the old river run black and dirty. Oh, 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 talking about the river. Big Joe and Major Bailey. Oh, oh, oh he, he said the old tar River gonna run tomorrow. Oh, 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 talking about the river. Way down
0: in the old Tar river. Oh, oh, oh he said the old River river gonna water my cattle. Oh, oh, oh talking about the river. Oh, oh, oh talking about the river. Oh, talking
2: about the river.
4: Yeah, and um, Georgia Sea Island singers, they still exist. There's a new generation of them that's singing and performing and keeping up those traditions. That's
3: wonderful. I should
4: mention um, we're going to get a couple of singers from South Carolina who sing songs of um, the low country of South Carolina and the Sea Islands there. Their names are Ron and Natalie Days, and they sing a lot about the, the Gullah culture there. Uh, they're educators, actors, singers, and the Park Association is going to be hosting an online concert with them and with me and my singing partner, Richard Adronowicz. The four of us are going to do this concert, and it's going to be on Saturday, February 27th for African American History Month at 11 a.m. to 1220 our time. That will allow people in other time zones to uh, be in on it. And we'll be trading off songs, all on the theme of um, African-American history and also some a few rich and a few Caribbean-based ones too.
5: Mm. Um, well, Peter, thank you so much for talking with us today. We've really enjoyed it. Um, what's the question you wish we had asked?
4: Oh, um, can anyone sing shanties? And I would say yes. Uh, I say, um, you know, the shanty men, they were not recruited out of opera houses. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So uh, you don't need to have a, quote, good voice, unquote, to to sing shanties. I think there's a great joy to group singing, a great joy to singing these. And from shanties, you can learn something about the maritime history. And it's open to all ages. And the singing really started out as male dominated. There have been um, a large number of women that have come to the fore singing shanties, both at sessions and also performing groups. So I'd say uh, shanties can be enjoyed and sung by everyone. I really invite people to get involved and get involved at our online shanty sings. And then when we get back to having in person shanty sings aboard the Eureka. Uh, we invite everyone who's available in the area to come down and take part in those. And even after we reopen the park and go back to in person things, we'll probably keep on doing these uh, virtual ones because they become international. We get people from many countries taking part in it.
5: Certainly. I'm, uh, mm-hmm. I'm wondering the, the ability to now have an international chanty thing if you're. Hearing more and different shanties. If you're learning new shanties um, mm-hmm. because of it. Yes. Yeah.
4: Constantly. I hear things. I say, Wow. Okay. I got to learn that one. You know. Mm-hmm. People bring such interesting songs. Uh, a person um, in Paris joins our shanty sings. She's a graduate student at the Sorbonne, and her. Thesis is all about sea music festivals and the social interactions at the festivals. And so she brings French shanties into it. We have another one from the Czech Republic and she's brought some thingy in the native uh, Czech language into it. So we've gotten people from Europe. I hope we can get people from um, Asian countries and islands, African continent. I hope that these virtual shanty things can even just broaden out and broaden out the people that take part. I like to think of Shanty's as the first world music. Hopefully we can keep that going.
1: So, Anne, do you now feel like singing? Hmm,
2: always. But I think I would still rather listen to Peter sing. Oh, yeah, I think I'd
1: prefer that, too. (laughs) Dang. No offense.
2: Uh To anyone who enjoyed today's episode, feel free to join the concert this coming Saturday, February 27th, And do follow our social media pages for information on future Shanty Sings and concerts.
1: Also check out our park's website for videos of Peter Kaysen presenting even more songs.
2: And to hear the rest of our available and upcoming podcast
1: episodes. Of course. Until next time. Hear you soon.
0: I thought of all the pleasant time we've had together here. I thought I wouldn't cry a bit but couldn't find a tear. Pilot bread was in my mouth, the gold dust in my eye. Though I'm going far away, oh, brothers, don't you cry. Oh, California, that's the land for me. I'm bound for San Francisco with my watch ball on my knee. Oh, California, that's the land for me. I'm bound for San Francisco with my watch ball on my knee.